Hey, I can say it because that's, that was me. Yeah. That was me. And I, if I would have got the tattoos, none of you would probably be in the room right now because you'd be like, he's a pastor, but look at his arms, you know, because I would have had, had goats <laughs> and all kinds of symbolism. <laughs> <He would've. laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's just one of those things, and I, I'll even throw this in for free. It's one of those things that people do, like myself, people do because on the inside, they're scared. They're a scared little boy that doesn't know what life is really all about. But, but the thing that we do know on the inside, what, what we know it probably really is about, we're running from because we've been offended by it. We've been offended by this God of Christianity that has allowed me to go through pain, has allowed me to go through shakeups in my world. And so we run away from him and we try to clothe ourselves in something that makes us feel powerful. It should make sense. It made sense to me now that I look back, you know. It made me feel strong. It made me feel covered like an armor until Jesus cornered me and showed me that my life was so empty and that the one I was running from and giving the finger to was chasing me down with love and wanted me to know him. And I can't explain how it all happened on the inside, but all I know is I surrendered my life and all of that stuff got burned it's all ashes so welcome to legacy city church (laughs) why don't we uh stand up we'll do a couple announcements while you're standing then we're going to worship because we need to get rolling along here if you don't know already when we do a wednesday night prayer and worship time so anyone who wants to come is welcome to come at 7 p.m we will be having that this week Um, We've been doing the Essential Guide to Healing course three weeks have passed now. I have to make mention because I forgot this Thursday night or Friday night, I mean, we will not be doing the class because, well, before I tell you the because, we would love anyone who wants to join in on this class. Any Friday night you want to come, just come on in and, and you can catch up or just take what you can for one session or come for half, whatever you feel like you can make room for. I feel like it would be worth it. Anything you can draw from Bill Johnson and Randy Clark is good stuff. Yeah. So the reason why we're canceling this week is because this conference is in Fife. And if you're not planning on going but you didn't even know about it maybe, there's still time to sign up if you want to go. Just go to northwestsummit.org. It's at New Horizon Church in Fife. Uh, for some of you who come across the bridge, Cheryl and Dale, this might be something that you guys could look into. Uh, it's going to be Brian Simmons, the author of the Passion Translation, uh, Richard and Libby Gordon, a, a married couple from Bethel Church. They are pastors on the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry school team. And then Jeremy Nelson from Elisha Revolution down in San Diego, I believe. Yeah. Um, Man, and, and worship, and there's going to be a team of Bethel students. There's going to be prophetic ministry happening. So if you go, sign your name on the sheet for a prophetic appointment you wouldn't be disappointed, I promise you. Because last year, when I signed up for my prophetic appointment, we didn't have this space yet. We were meeting in our living room still. I didn't know if God's intent was for us to fold up Legacy City Church and just stay a house meeting until further instructions, or what. But the directions were clear through the prophetic words that were given to me in that appointment that we were to continue on leading a group of people up the mountain, up to higher level to where we could see spiritually clarity. And so for me, it just, well, that was just like, you know, five seconds of a 10 minute prophetic word. It just spoke to me that I was to, we 
I and we were to continue leading a church. And it was a week later that I had the conversation with the doctor that owns this complex. And he opened up the door and he basically laid it all out exactly what we were hoping for. And now we're here again, together. Almost, well, nine months later now. So, (laughs) prophetic appointment. Sign up. If you aren't going, you should think about it because it's going to be good. It's going to be a good probably 500 strong people gathering. Mm -hmm. Lots of COVID floating around. You know, it's great. We love it. (laughs) I can joke because everyone in this room is like, yeah, we all know. It's just the flu. It's just a cold. No, I shouldn't joke. It's not. It does kill some people. So I, I shouldn't joke about that. All right. So that is it for announcements. Let's just prepare to worship with this verse from Hebrews 12. If we get into the, not verse 128, I don't know how that happened. 28, we'd be reading it backwards that way, 128 to 29. So two verses from chapter 12. If we get to chapter 12 tonight and read some, um, we'll go back into this. But verses 28 and 29 say, since we are receiving our rights, just put your hand on your heart right now and say, I am receiving my rights. I am, I am receiving my rights. Since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay our lives down. I read it wrong. As we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. That is what worship is, laying down our lives, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice. For our God is a holy, devouring fire. Now that might be scary when you read those words. Um, And if we get into it later on, there's another way of translating it. It could be um, like a form of light, but it's not just light, like in a room. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. So imagine the brightest light that could ever shine in your life or in the world or the universe. It is like fire. The presence of God is like fire. He is light. In him, there is no darkness. And he is inviting you and me to come into his light right now as we begin to worship. He's inviting us to step into his presence. And we don't have to worry about uh, darkness or sin keeping us from him because he's made provision. Jesus has made provision for you and me right now to come boldly before the throne, to come boldly into his light because we have been made light through the blood of Jesus. You and I have been made holy by the blood of the lamb. We read about it in Hebrews chapter 10. It's the blood of Jesus that makes us holy and declares us already holy, already perfect, So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that tonight we can come into your presence. We can come boldly before your throne of grace to receive from you, to bask in your presence, to allow you to just come and and do your divine surgery. You can heal us, Lord, whatever you want to do. Let your kingdom, let the dominion of the king, King Jesus, just come and have your way and be released inside of us and through us and just Turn our lives upside down, Lord. We welcome you to do that. We welcome you to come and and bring us into a supernatural encounter with you where we experience your presence in a deeper way. 
God, we pray tonight that you would open eyes and ears of the spirit person inside of each one of us to see you and hear you more clearly. We welcome you, Lord, and we just choose tonight now to lay it all down in worship. In Jesus' name, amen.
wake up. Wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this King of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The King of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is this King of glory? He is Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, the invincible, commander of heaven's hosts. Yes, he is the King of glory. Take this cup and remember 
this blood of the covenant, the blood of the promises of God put into effect on the cross. We prepare to take it and we declare tonight, we declare tonight freedom from bondage, freedom from sin, freedom of the sons and daughters of God. We thank you, Jesus, that this blood that you poured out for us has made us holy. And we celebrate, Lord. We, we lift this cup with celebration, with humble thanksgiving and joyful celebration that our sins have been washed away. And that freedom in life has come into each one of us. So we take this cup now and in the place where we need healing to be broken through, to be released into our bodies or into the bodies of those we love, we declare healing now in Jesus' name. love that you can imagine 
and I hope each one of you felt his tangible presence here because Jesus is in the room. That's a good word. That's a good word right there. <laughs> and it's biblical. squeeze the sponges too much. I know there's juice in those those sponges tonight. So. I know you guys know this, but I also um, recently, and I don't want to bring things down, but I also recently lost my grandmother. Um, and uh, I had this uh, this feeling sometimes that, you know, in, in Exodus and also in, in Deuteronomy, it talks about in our Ten Commandments, which are fulfilled in loving God and loving our brothers and sisters um, there's this point about honoring uh, honoring our fathers and mothers and uh, when we speak words of honor over our families and about people that we care about especially our moms in this situation um, what happens is, is another way of saying that is, is bringing up good memories and bringing up good thoughts and good feelings about those situations that, that, you know, where that pain of loss is, making a point in those moments to speak honor, what it does is it, it heals us. Not only does it heal us, it heals our land. And, and that is the blessing. Uh, we worry sometimes about being the authority or the next one in line to carry that weight of the family as the moms. So what, what happens is, is we get wrapped around the axle about having to do everything. And what the Lord is saying sometimes is, is speaking the blessing of honor is how you release that. A memory of how mom used to do something. Grandma always used to cook for us. And we'd always sit around the table and talk with her and she would say stuff to us that was beautiful. Um, really just small things. She was a real quiet woman. But she would say one or two small things that would bring this healing to the family, which is weird because it just it keeps rolling through time. Anyhow, so in honoring the Lord by honoring our family, our moms and our dads, we actually receive our inheritance from the Lord too. The blessing of our inheritance comes from speaking honorably about moms and dads. And there's a promise in it in that the Lord says if you wanted to go well with you in the land, for the young people, if you wanted to go well with you in the land, you speak good about mom and dad. kids thank you <laughs> that was good yeah if you want it to go well and to have a live a long life yeah. we'll take a risk we'll let you know if it was off we'll all throw it either coins or tomatoes okay good yeah just don't throw rotten fruit um, yeah, throw money. Um, so I, I totally forgot that you brought the grape juice, and so we were doing communion tonight. Like, I totally spaced on it. I don't know why, because that's just how I am right now. So in Revelation 5, for some reason this was brought to my mind, and the, it's just the title is The Lamb Takes the Scroll. And as I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven 
or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. But one of the elders said to me, don't weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits God sent out into the, all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the many voices of the angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain, as we were singing tonight, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever then the four living creatures said amen and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever just reminded me of what we were singing tonight just worthy is your name you deserve the praise worthy is your name your love paid it all just it's you know it's it's in the bible falling down on our knees and worshiping him and being enamored with him and in awe of him and picturing that like the 24 elders that sit beside the throne of god fall down on their face to worship him convicting in a way just lord let us understand the the goodness and the severity of the lord like he's so good so worthy to understand when it's time to stand and praise and understand when it's time to bow before him and lay our lives before him as those songs were saying so anyway i just was reminded of his word which was confirmed in the worship so that's it good word straight from the word So I just want to finish off this this part of our gathering with one word of encouragement. It just kept coming to mind, and that that scripture, uh, Psalm 24, about fling wide you you everlasting gates, swing wide you everlasting doors, let the King of Glory come in. Um, this earlier this week, I just stumbled across an old archived um, conference video at Bethel when Bob Jones was alive. Bob Jones, if you don't know who he is, he is uh, one of a handful of very accurate prophets of his day. And he specifically was um, relating to Bethel Church prophetically as a prophet to the church outside. And But he would come and speak at Bethel Church and in the, the teaching that I saw, I, I have personally not had a lot of experience or exposure to 
his ministry, but he's a, he's a quirky, funny guy. He's gone on to be with the Lord. Um, but maybe I'll find a clip of this sometime and share with you guys. But I just, I shared this the other night for on Friday with our healing class. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he, he just referenced the, the fact, the Bible says that, that the Spirit of God who dwells inside of us, how do I start this? They say that your spirit dwells right here, like in your belly. When Jesus was talking about rivers of living water flowing out of believers, some versions of the Bible said out of your innermost being, some say out of your bellies. So some people believe that this, your spirit, your ghost, probably fills your whole body, but but the main dwelling is right in your belly, right, right in the center of your being. I don't know, you can imagine wherever you want to imagine, somewhere in there. He's gotta be, if he's not in there somewhere, we need to pray for you, or you need to pray for you. You need a, you need a Jesus, you need to have Jesus come into your life. But I think everyone in this room has received him, so. But, but Bob Jones was saying, the spirit of God is in your belly. Yes, sir. Trust your gut. That's probably where they they come up with that. You know, just there's something about in your gut, in your in your inner being, your your knower, where you know that you know that you know something's telling you something. So yeah, that makes sense. So so Bob Jones said that the Spirit of God, and we know that the Spirit of God carries the kingdom of God. Okay, so when we say the word kingdom, we're talking about the the king's domain, the rule and the reign of a king. So any territory that a king rules over, has dominion over, that's his kingdom, right? So the spirit of God brings in the rule and the reign of Jesus wherever he is at. So when we welcome the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, we are receiving a kingdom. In fact, Revelation excuse me, Hebrews 12, if we even get to it tonight, says we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. We have received an unshakable kingdom. So this kingdom that is within you in your innermost being, you can draw hit him, you can draw it, you can draw the kingdom up, you can draw the spirit up. God wants you and I to be like a well or like a pump to bring forth that living water. He doesn't want to stay stagnant and trapped inside of us. But as Jesus said, those who would believe in him out of our bellies would flow rivers. Not just little streams and trickles, but rivers. You know how powerful a river is. They tell you in the summertime, don't go swimming in them. Okay, because they're so cold and they're so powerful. Rivers are strong. They will pull you in and they will take you away. There's something about the spirit of God, the kingdom of God that is within you, within you and me, that is powerful. It is filled. He is filled with power. You heard tonight in this worship set, people laughing. So when the spirit of God comes upon people, sometimes the power of his presence is so overwhelming that they break out in what we would call holy laughter because it's the joy of the Lord that is so overwhelming that could knock someone on the floor with his power and his, his waves of his electricity just rolling back and forth over your body. I pray for that encounter for you and for me. Okay. Some many have had it. I have not had that encounter yet. 
But when that happens, people respond with overwhelming laughter, sometimes with overwhelming crying, just weeping. We, we have some dear friends, uh, the Duncans, Glenn and Holly Duncan, when he told, told us about his encounter in Pensacola, Florida years ago, probably in the 90s, he said when the power of God hit him, he fell to the floor and it was like fire going up and down his body from head to toe. He said, I would laugh uncontrollably and then I would weep uncontrollably. When the power of God, the raw presence of God comes upon you or me in such power and strength, we cannot help but just be overcome. Heidi Baker magnetized to the floor of a building for days as the power of God just was going deep and working inside of her body. That same spirit, it's not a different Holy Spirit. He lives in you and he lives in me. He, is that, he has that power in him, the dynamite, the dunamis power of God is in the spirit of God. And he wants to well up inside of each one of us. He wants to come up out of your innermost being and be released. And in that video with Bob Jones, he just had everyone in the room, and I'm, I'm gonna pull this up sometime so we can just do it along with, with him. But I, I would just encourage you guys, as you recognize that he's inside of you, just even now, just pull up, draw up the Spirit of God. Let Him come up into your, from your innermost being, from your belly, and permeate who you are and release Him. Just breathe Him out. Pull Him up and just release the Spirit of God. I guarantee you that there is something about the, the breath and the anointing that comes out of your mouth on your words and out of your innermost being. There's a testimony sitting right back here, how when she was in Hawaii and a homeless man was in the parking lot, going nuts, just shouting and, and getting angry and manifesting a demonic spirit, my sister went out onto the balcony over that parking lot and went, shh, shalom. She just did that, like hushing of a baby, but she was releasing that breath of God, that shh, shalom, the shalom of heaven. She learned that and practiced it, and she saw with her own eyes that man come sub become subdued under the power, the power or presence of God. He quieted down, and it was over. The same thing can happen when you are in the middle of a situation that calls for an urgent prayer and an urgent need for the presence of God to come. You can begin praying in the Spirit to an old pastor friend of ours would say, praying in tongues, and if you don't have the gift of tongues yet, I'd say practice if you can, you get alone and just kind of say, God, just give me a syllable, give me a word. You'd be surprised what might start rolling, and the more comfortable you get with it, the more you're gonna notice it just flowing. But even if you don't have that, just begin to give him thanks, begin to declare his goodness. I, I promise you that as you pull the Spirit of God up through you and release His anointing out of your mouth, you're going to see His power at work. When I worked at Harrison Hospital as a housekeeper in the night sh on the night shift in the surgery rooms, and they would call a code over the microphone for us to run down to the ER room to tie somebody, to hold someone down while they subdued them. Code 28, emergency room. I'll never forget it. And I would begin to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues under my breath, 
in the elevator as we go down to the ground floor and make our way to the ER. And as, as I did that, I was believing that God was subduing that person. I was releasing the Spirit of God to subdue that person and tie them up spiritually so that we wouldn't have to tie them up when we got there because we would get spit on and blood and everything else. Every time when I began doing that, we would arrive down there and that person would be subdued. They would already be calm. Sometimes the staff would would have them restrained, sometimes not. You have supernatural power, just like a superhero. (laughs) You have the spirit of God inside of you and he is mighty and he is powerful. He's mighty to save, he's mighty to deliver, he is mighty to heal. He is mighty to subdue demonic spirits. All we have to do is pull him up and release his presence. You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a gate for the presence of God. When we did our class on hosting the presence, Bill Johnson refers to the first place in the Bible where the house of God was mentioned. This word house of God, which is where they got the word Bethel comes from, the the Hebrew word uh, house of God, Bethel. El being the Hebrew for God or Elohim. So Bethel was the house of God and, and it was that place where Jacob fell asleep under the sky, a rock for a pillow, as some musicians say, as hard as his head. He fell asleep on this rock and had an encounter with the living God. He saw a stairway going from earth to heaven and angels were descending and ascending on that ladder going from earth to heaven. And when he woke up, he said, this place is Bethel. This is the house of God. The next time we see a reference to the houses of God or the temples of the Holy Spirit is in reference to Jesus who the Spirit of God, it says, tabernacled. It, it housed its himself inside of Jesus. Jesus was our priest, our prophet, priest, and king, and he carried the presence of God with him. And when he died on the cross and was buried and rose again, he released the Spirit of God to come upon his people, the church, that you and I would become the houses of God. So now that you and I have received the Spirit of God, you are a house, a dwelling place for the Spirit, and you have a gate. You have a doorway for, you and I are positioned right now between heaven and earth. We are seated with Christ right now in the heavenly realm. We are in Christ, we are in Him. And we are also on the earth alive not like we were before him, but now that we are saved, where our lives are hidden in Christ, seated with him, and we have him living in us. So we have the, the, the presence of the kingdom of God, the presence of the spirit coming from heaven into us and through us, in us and through us. You are a gateway or a pipeline for the presence of God. So I just wanna wake that up in all of us. That is why it is so important that we live the way Jesus tells us he wants us to live. He didn't create this list of do's and don'ts for us to just be miserable and have to you know, give up fun and 
and be prudent and, you know, prudes, a bunch of prudes, you know, a bunch of squares. I used to be in the four square church and someone said abundant life for squares. No, redundant life for squares. That's how they saw it. But that's, see, that's not understanding what God is calling us to, the reason. He calls us to a lifestyle of surrender, sweet surrender, sweet abandon, abandoning ourselves in a love relationship with him and following him willingly. And when we say we follow Jesus, that means we're, we're following what he asks us to do. Jesus said in John 14 and 15, he talked about his relationship with us. John 15, I believe, is where he said that if, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And so if you love me and you obey my commands, the Father and I will come and make our dwelling with you. And you can ask for whatever you need or whatever you want in my name and I will do it. So he didn't say live like hell, do whatever you want to do, call yourself a Christian, but live like a demon. And then you can call on my name randomly whenever you feel like it, and then you're going to see heaven break in. It's called cooperating with him. He's called us to cooperate with his presence. That means you and I have to have an intimacy with him that maybe we have need still right now to develop. I do. I need to develop it. I need to spend time quieting down, getting alone and listening, reading the scriptures definitely, but also being silent before the Lord, learning to hear his voice and sense his presence. Sense him coming up within me and sense him coming over me and resting upon me. As we learn to do that, as we learn to become intimate with the Lord, he will reveal himself to you in deeper ways. He will take you into encounters with him where you will have visions. It may not be like eyes open, open vision, like my eyes are open and I see Jesus in the middle of the room. It may be like what Barbara was experiencing when her eyes were closed in prayer and she's seen like a movie being played out, right? For some of us, it's like that. For some of us, it's just impressions. He will speak to you. He will, he will let you know the things in his heart. He will show you parts of himself. He will touch you to make himself real to you. But it requires you and I to be committed to journey with him on a road of intimacy. Church is good, okay? Church is important. The Bible, we, we read about it a few chapters back. And probably Hebrew, what Hebrews chapter is that? Do not forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves uh, one to another, but do so all the more as you see the day approaching. It's in there somewhere, a couple chapters back. So meeting together, having a holy huddle like tonight, this is important. The Bible tells us you know, that we should do it. In fact, you know, a lot of us were bold enough to say, screw the government. They can't tell me to stay home on lockdown and do not meet together in a church. You know, we, a lot of us took that scripture and said, look, the Bible says right here that we are commanded by the Bible, by the word of God, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So it is important that we not only rub that in the government's face, but also cultivate, cultivate a horizontal. So this is the horizontal in this room. We are to cultivate a love for the bride of Christ. That's you. You are the bride of Christ there, Ed. You're the bride of Christ there, Mikey. Bride of Christ right here. It's easy for the ladies, but Dale, you're a bride of Christ. Judah, you're the bride of Christ. Nice veil you got on your head there. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. My sons, if you're a believer in Jesus, the Bible says you are the bride of Christ. He's our bridegroom, right? But get this. It also says that all the ladies next to us, they're sons of God. So swallow that pill with joy. So the horizontal, this is the bride of Christ. And, and Jesus loves every one of us in this room so much that he laid down his life and died for us, that we would become his bride and we would become his beloved. And I know this is gonna be what we end with tonight, but so we just tell this is, this is the message. So, so the horizontal, you know, we're going to rub it in the government's face, but we need to live it as well. We need to, to learn how to love the fellowshipping. I know church can be boring because I know, I've heard myself talk. I listen to the podcast. doesn't matter where you're at, you know, whatever. We, we need to find ourselves loving the fellowship of believers and committing ourselves to it. That's been a theme on my heart lately. But also, it can't just be that. Like, we can't just depend on uh, once a week or for some of us three times a week amen for you sister um what, what, whether it's three days a week or whatever one day a week in some seasons we can't let that be our relationship with god there's the horizontal and then there's the vertical jesus wants you to not only love his people love his bride because you're a part of it but he wants you to fall in love with him and know him and in that, in that relationship with him, he wants to take us out of the world in a sense, but place us back into the world in a different sense. Out of the ways of the world, but in the world like salt and like light. He wants to sprinkle us into the darkness. He doesn't want you to hate Washington so much and the Democrat leadership in this state that you want to move to Florida where there's freedom. Now, yeah, I, I hear you, I feel you. I'd love to be somewhere where the mask isn't a thing. But the reality is he's called you and I here for this day and this hour right now to be salt and to be light. So I, I want to encourage you and me that out of who we are, out of your innermost being, would flow that living water. And James talks about it, you know, that out of the springs of, of the wellspring of life of who you and I are, it shouldn't be a mixture. It shouldn't be a mixture of, of bitterness or um, what else does he say? You can't have thorns and thistles producing the fruit of your life as well as the fruit of the spirit. It shouldn't be both. It shouldn't be salt water and fresh water. We want the spring of God. We want the river of God's presence to to take over who we are so that you and I would fall so in love with Jesus that we will do whatever he wants us to do. We will lay down anything he says to lay down. Does that make sense? That we, we would take the word of God, we would, learn, we would learn his instructions. People say the Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. It's true, but it's more than that. It's more than just basic instructions. It is bread, it is living, it is life. So the word of God, I need more of it. You need more of it. We all need to spend time. I don't like to just say study in it because you don't want to just analyze and study who Jesus is. You want to know him, right? So we don't want to just study and analyze the word. We want to approach it as the spirit of God is hovering over you. 
as you open the word of God, as you unfold the scroll, so to speak, as you roll out the scrolls of the scriptures before you, let the light of his presence illuminate the page over your shoulder. Welcome him. Say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you show me your word? Would you, would you show me what you're trying to tell me? Would you bring your word alive so that as I read it, as I absorb it, it would become food for my spirit, food for my soul? Because the word of God is a living and active and powerful book. And it's not just the leather bound part and the pulp papers and the ink. It's the content of those pages is living. The truth on those pages is alive. It's active. It's powerful. The Bible says in Hebrews that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's so sharp that it can cut and penetrate and go deep into the spirit and soul of a person and separate what is spirit and what is soul. I don't know if you can do that. I, I don't know how to do that. I cannot separate soul and spirit because they're so interwoven. But the word of God can. And the word of God can come into you and show you what's soul and what's spirit, what's bone and, and flesh and marrow, as the scripture says. In fact, it says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. So if you're wondering if there's stuff inside of your heart, maybe I got a bad attitude and I don't know it, but everyone else is trying to tell me. Like, dude, what is up with you? And you're like, what? I'm okay. I'm good. The more you tell me there's something that you see is wrong, the more irritated I'm going to get with you. That's right. That's our thing at our house. Okay. I told you I'm not in a bad mood, so don't keep asking, or I'm going to be in a bad mood. So it may be true that people aren't really, maybe it's just your countenance isn't really reflecting the joy of the Lord, and people might think you're in a bad mood. We all kind of observe and see that on people, and we know when we're kind of funky. But allow the Word of God, allow the the reading of the Scriptures, the just allowing the truth to come into you. Try reading it out loud, and don't start in Genesis if you've never read the Bible before. You can. I'm not God. I don't, you know, have authority to tell you what not to read. But I'm just as an encouragement. Don't start there. I would say start in the New Testament if you've never read the Bible because you're going to have a harder time seeing Jesus in the Old Testament until you learn who he is in the New and then go read the Old Testament. So Even Bill Johnson says start in the New Testament because because you can see Jesus. When you, if you start with the Old Testament, it can actually cause a religious spirit on you from starting there. So it's, he doesn't recommend people... He's like, it's all good, obviously, but really start in the New Testament. So, amen. Listen to the prophetess here. So, So, as you were um, talking about, you know, our spirit being here, it made made me think of um, when we exercise, we want to strengthen our core. And we have to spiritually strengthen our core because he's the core of who we are. And I was just getting this image of that has to be the strongest part of us because if our core isn't strengthened, it affects how we stand, it affects our gut issues. Um, There's so much that it, it affects. I've dealt with that. When after having Oscar, like my core was not strengthened and it took me a long time to fill in those gaps. And so spiritually, if our core is not strengthened, we're gonna have gaps and we're gonna try and fill it with whatever we can get our hands on. And 
I did not expect to say that. That's just out coming. <laughs> um, I know, sorry. And shh. <laughs> um, yeah, and it just, it, yeah, if our natural core isn't strengthened and we're having, or our gut is not healthy, that causes all this stuff in our whole entire body physically. So if that's happening physically, spiritually, it's kind of the same thing. If we're taking in stuff, our gut's getting sick and it's affecting everything in our body and we need to strengthen that. We need to, it needs to be healthy. Um, we need to really pay attention to that. That's something that we've have felt like this last year, just, you know, physically exercising, but take what we're taking in, like, what are we taking in? <laughs> it's been a bad couple of weeks for trying to exercise, but that's okay. Um, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Comfort, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? But just what we're taking in through our eyes, um, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal, it can become a big deal because it can be very subtle. The enemy has a subtle way of getting in and, and causing resentment or causing whatever, you know, just very subtle things. So we just have to be careful with our, our speech and with that we take in to feed our bodies spiritually and physically. I really liked the picture that she said of when your inner, your core is not strengthened, you won't walk upright, you won't walk straight. That is so true, first in the natural and in the spirit. You know, if we want to be upright, walking upright as sons and daughters with our heads straight on our shoulders, not bowed down, not weighed down, not walking in, in an unhealthy spirit, but strength and we want to be upright. We want our countenance to reflect a healthy inner life with a relationship with Jesus. So that was awesome. And I, I also felt like um, what I was rem reminded me of is, you know, when when your core, when your, your gut naturally is just feeling like you've been binging on whatever and you just feel kind of sick, not feeling well you're, you're just feeling off and no condemnation if you like Twinkies and cupcakes and ho-hos and whatever okay I'm not talking about that I'm we're, we're referring to the spiritual man but you know in the in the natural you can feel like crap if you eat a bunch of garbage food okay right I mean I've been eating a lot of snacks lately for comfort so but spiritually we want to feed our spiritual man we want to feel nourished and strengthened and, and fortified on the inside with truth. It's like the bread and the water, the bread of the written word and the living water of the Holy Spirit. We want to drink his presence in and we want to eat the bread of life. We want to fellowship with the Lord and we want to fellowship with one another. So just like, maybe think just like, if we don't drink enough water, our bodies can feel, like I know if I don't drink enough water, my body feels really sick. And I remember hearing someone one time say, most of our issues, most of the time there's occasions when it's not, but a lot of the time can be fixed by drinking more water. So if we're not, if we're not just resting in the Holy Spirit and being filled, it can cause our bodies to just be, to be ill. We can be spiritually ill, you know? 
So, and it can be in small, you know, don't think, oh, I got to go home and do all these things now. Just like when I was trying to re-strengthen my core after having my fifth baby. And, and it, takes, it takes time. It takes time to strengthen. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time and a little bit at a time so you don't injure yourself again. And so same with um, in the spirit. It, it, even if it's a little bit at a time, you know, starting out, if you've not read the Bible, start out just five minutes reading a verse. Um, spending a few minutes just listening to worship music or um, whatever it is. If you are reading the Bible, maybe you pick up another book and, and that's a healthy book and read that. <laughs> Had to clarify that. <laughs> and um, just, you know, really get it into us. I have a hard time reading sometimes because it just makes me tired. So a lot of times if I'm doing dishes, I will just listen to the word and instead of trying to read it because then I'm like, so, yeah. So let's finish with this then. Since Tammy was mentioning, you know, it doesn't have to become this big hard list of things that you got to try to add to your life. We all feel busy most of the time, even though we're probably not as busy as we think we are, but, but it's how you feel, okay? The truth is you feel overwhelmed, okay? Many of us feel that way. So those are some good tips, you know, some good advice with reading the Bible would be maybe take one chapter of one of the gospels. So take Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, just read one chapter. Maybe then after that, read one chapter of one of the epistles. That's the rest of the New Testament. They're pretty short. You can read them in about a minute. You know, some of them are longer than others. Um, so maybe one of those letters, or they call it the epistles that Paul wrote, or, or Peter, or John. So maybe read a little bit of that, a little bit of the gospel, a little bit of the New Testament epistles, maybe one psalm. I, I used to go through the Psalms every day, like the calendar. So if it was the first of the month, I'd read Psalm 1, then add 30, 31, 61, 91, 121. And that was basically, I think that's what, five chapters. Now that's adding an extra five chapters, but maybe it's just read the one on the calendar to start with. And then you could read a proverb a day too. That's 31 chapters. You could read one, go to the calendar. If you miss a day, just skip that chapter. Go to the one to stay on the calendar. Don't beat yourself up and try to catch up if you miss a day. So reading the Bible, can, you can easily start to feed yourself by reading the scriptures a little at a time. And I, you know, they say that starving people don't know they're starving oftentimes until they eat a little bit and then they realize as they eat a little bit of food, their hunger comes back. The natural hunger goes back into place. As you eat scripture, take in, take in a little bit at a time, your hunger for it is gonna grow. But don't just, read the Bible to read it. As I was saying before, invite the Holy Spirit. And that leads me to the last thing I wanted to mention is prayer. Prayer does not have to be a long grocery list of needs. Don't think of prayer as, I gotta get on my knees next to the bed and just start asking God for all these things and I don't really care for half of them maybe, but I feel like I should out of duty. Right, Judy, your duty? I don't know why she came to mind. She's a prayer warrior. She likes her list, I bet. Yeah, she's got her list, okay. My mom had her list. So that's okay, if you have a list, by all means, lay your request before the Lord. But if you don't know really how to pray, or if you're learning how to pray, He just wants to talk to you. 
And all you have to do, sometimes the most powerful prayers I pray is when I get in the car and I begin to drive from the house here in the morning before I go to work. And I just say, Lord, good morning. Good morning, Father. I'll, sometimes I'll say, Daddy God, good morning. Just greet him. When you greet the Lord, you're acknowledging his presence. He loves it when you acknowledge him. He's just looking for sons and daughters who will acknowledge him in the room or wherever you're at. So let's stand up. Let's pray. Let's do that now. We're going to acknowledge him again. We've been doing a lot of that tonight. But that's good because that's why we're here. We want to recognize the Lord and enjoy his presence together, right? All right, so we thank you, Lord. We give you thanks tonight, Father. Jesus, we glorify your name. The power and the wonder and the majesty of that name, the name above all names, the, the only name by which we can be saved, the name that at the name of Jesus, every knee will one day bow and every tongue will one day confess that you are Lord, you are master of all. We glorify that name tonight, God. We magnify the name of Jesus in this place, in our individual lives, in our day-to-day, -day, God. Let us magnify the name of the Lord, magnify the name of Jesus. God, I pray for myself and for everyone in this room that as this week goes forward, we would make it our aim, that we would pause in the mornings, we would begin our day and pause before you and invite you to come, invite you to fill our hearts and to fill our minds, that you would, that you would even now, that you would rise up from our innermost being and fill our bodies, that we would be sons and daughters who are filled and overflowing with the Spirit of God. And that in that filling and overflowing, we would be led by you. That we would hear your voice, the still small voice. And we would be led by you throughout the day. As we do our things that we have to do, that you would still speak. That we would turn our, the ears of our hearts towards your voice. <clears throat> God, I pray a hunger would be released tonight for the word of God. A hunger for your truth a hunger for the plumb line to come and to navigate and to, to teach us how to walk upright, to how to teach us how to walk in obedience, how to walk and, and lay down love for you, surrender. So I just release that tonight, God. I release that hunger for your written word, 